blessings to everyone. Welcome to the new Just Us Speaks podcast from Just Leadership. I'm your co-host, Lester Young. And I'm your co-host, Hakeem Cramden. Just Us Speaks is being produced to amplify the voices of directly impacted people, particularly the voices of formerly incarcerated people. Just Leadership was founded on the principle that those who are closest to the problem are also closest to the solution, but too often further from the resources empowered to affect positive change. So right here on our first season of Just Us Speaks podcast, we're interviewing leaders from the most recent 2022 cohort of Just Leadership's USA's Leading with Conviction Leadership Training Program. Today, we're talking with Lana Mendez. Lana is currently serving as Just Leadership Administrative Coordinator. She also works with the Lutheran Methodopolitan Ministry, part-time with Chopping for Change, a culinary arts program for incarcerated women. Powerful, powerful. Indeed. Lana is also a great mentor, as well as an ambassador for Prison to Professional PhD, that's P2P, working on the STEM Opportunities and Prison Settings Project. In addition, Lana is also attends Ohio Christian University full-time, majoring in leadership and ministry and pastoral care, and continuing straight into her business management MA and leadership in 2022. Wow, does she have any time for herself to do anything, bro? <laughs> Although, although Lana works in the finance and brokerage industry for 18 years prior to her incarceration in 2016, which changed her life, she's very passionate about advocacy and policy reform within the criminal legal system. This passion stems from encountering many obstacles and difficult challenges, trauma and adversity in her life. Yeah, so in fact, Lana is a survivor of abuse of the foster care system, of neglect, of homelessness, of domestic violence, and incarceration. Solana, welcome. Welcome to Just Us Speaks podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate this opportunity to share a little bit about who I am, why I do what I do, and being a part of such a wonderful team. Cool. Listen, listen, you're the first guest. So how does it feel to be the first guest of the Just Us Speaks podcast today? Like you're the first one. <laughs> I feel I feel special. I feel, you know, this is a privilege to do this. And I think this is great. It's it's a great opportunity to be heard. And because that's what we do, we help amplify those voices. And Indeed. So tell us. What is it that you do? You know, how did you get involved in it? Tell us about that. I'm the lead admin coordinator for Just Leadership USA. We help with different programs across the country, like leading with conviction, emerging leaders, creating, creating, um, having partners um, that work with us in these different communities to help leaders such as us grow and become leaders within a community. I also work for Luther Metropolitan Ministry and Choppage Program, which is, is a program that works with women and men who are currently incarcerated and what their goals are is to um, receive their associate's degree in culinary arts. So I also, also work part-time with them. And it's great because I actually graduated from that program while I was incarcerated. So, of course, that's a part of my story. I have the lived experience, which is why one of the reasons why this is a passion of mine to help those who have walked in my shoes or at least similar. And I also work in the STEM Ops program, STEM Ops meaning STEM opportunities in prison settings. I'm mm -hmm. an ambassador for prison to professional PhD, and that's important to me as well because education is very important to me 
I, I am in school full time. I actually just graduated with my bachelor's and going MBA. And um, thank you. That's a lot of work. And like you said, I don't have time because <laughs> I'm also a mother of three and a grandmother of one. So wow. that's something that a lot of people don't know. But nonetheless, I feel like a lot of like educational opportunities for those who are incarcerated is essential. And it also helps reduce the recidivism rate, um, the higher the education level is. So those studies have been known to be factual. Before we, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the questions I, I want you to share with us in the audience, for those who get a chance to listen to this this podcast is, uh, like I said, who who is who are you? Like, who are you? You gave us the list of all of your things that you have done, but who are you that the that just leadership staff? We know that you're just leadership staff. We know that you just graduated from leading conviction. But what? Who are you? Like, you know, in that capacity that has made you the woman that you are, the mother that you are, the community servant that you are. Who are you? And I just want you to share that briefly with the audience. Like something that no one really knows about you, but just tell us who you are today. You know, um, outside of all of the other great servant leader stuff that you're doing. What is it that we need to know about this this woman that is standing before sitting before us today on this podcast? This woman sitting here has been through a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of trauma. And I always say that my story is my testimony. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I share a lot of my story to others. Now I I I can be a little more open about it because I know it's gonna help someone else, you know grow someone else, encourage someone, um, help someone give them hope. Because I, I've been in so many situations where I just thought life was over. Mm. Things were, I was, I felt hopeless. I played the victim. Mm. And I'm a person who I enjoy seeing others smile and succeed. And I'm that person who would sacrifice my own time and my own self in order to make sure that someone else is is good and you know sometimes people say well no you can't do that well sometimes that's what we're here for i i feel i'm a servant and and a leader at the same time so that to me it's like you have to be if you're a leader in leadership you also have to practice humility and i'm that person who will be your biggest cheerleader i understand a lot more than people think one of the things I say, you can't judge a book by its cover. Mm. And I am passionate about what I do because of my lived experiences and because of things that I've encountered since a child that a lot of people don't know. But mm. I smile and I thank God every day for taking me through, bringing me through this so I can help encourage the next woman, child, man, whoever needs it. Cool. I came. I just I got you got I want to unpack a lot of that, but I'm gonna get to my co-host because I'm not gonna like take up too much space here. So I keep <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, your, your your answer really really leads me into this next question, you know. Like for both Lester and I, like and, and I'm sure this may ring true for you, and I want to kind of question that, you know, most of what we do, you know, and and, uh, and most of how we do it really is a result of the who we really are, like, you know, when you just, when we asked you, who are you? And you described your first response was you're a person, a woman that's been through a lot of trauma. And for me and Lester, you know, trauma uh, being our background is what motivates us and inspires us to get into this work, to lead leaders 
you know, through the healing process uh, and into the next phase of their leadership. And so, you know, for us, that's satisfying. We know that we can help relieve uh, the, 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 the trauma from someone else that's experiencing it. So that for ha- perhaps someone don't experience it that we experience. So tell us what is the most satisfying part, you know, of you doing this work and is there a connection to you working for Just Leadership and doing the work that you do with the Culinary Arts Program? Is, is, is that satisfying and what is satisfying about it? And is that connected to your path? Yeah, I'll start where it is very satisfying. It's fulfilling. What's satisfying about this work is watching people grow and live and walk in their purpose. Um, Like for instance, chopping for a change. I love cooking and I loved culinary. Like I love creating dishes. I'm one of those people where food, I love food, I love to cook and I love to see someone satisfied through what I've created. So to me, it's like art, right? It's a, I'm a creator of like plating, you know, things like that. So. Being in that field and watching other men and women enjoy that, giving them, the, allowing them an opportunity to grow and, and that become a passion of theirs, despite what their background is, despite what they've been through or what society would label them as and seeing them grow in that, that's fulfilling. That feels great. What I do with just leadership, watching leaders develop, watching them walk in their purpose and and speak and help amplify, you know, their voice and and creating these leaders within a community to help directly impacted people, you know, who who have been affected by the criminal legal system. We're trying to help them self-organize. We're trying to help them grow and and become more comfortable in in spaces that they are uncomfortable in. So I love that saying where where they say those closest to the problem are closest to the solution, but furthest from the resources. So what I love about us is that we're helping to create a table of our own so that we can be heard. Instead of, I mean, it's important that we go sit at someone else's table so they can hear us, but we need them to hear us. So when we have a table, they know, you know, they come to us and they hear what we have to say about changes that need to be made. And we have that power to create those changes. So a lot of this, again, stems from my lived experiences. So I'm that person who wants these changes to be you know, made and who better, you know, be a, a part of it than those who have been in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to ask permission um, to 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 unpack something with you. you. You mentioned something about trauma and we and Hakeem asked you about how that has influenced you. And then you mentioned how you're you have went through what you went through so that you can actually help other women uh, uh, become stronger. Right. And we're talking about leadership. We're talking about servant leading. We're talking about this, this, this leading with conviction. And we know that there's going to be a lot of women who are directly impacted, who, who may still be incarcerated in some form that may get a chance to listen to this, this Just Us Speaks podcast. So I just, if it's okay with you, I want you to really expound more upon that part of your life, that trauma that you had to fight through to get where you at today, that you're now doing all of these phenomenal things with, with culinary arts, helping women graduate, um, getting your degree from college, working with just leadership, just graduated from the leading conviction. All of these are things that people see, 
right? But what do they what they don't see is I want you to talk about that you have to fight to get to this part of your journey right here as a leader. What are some of the things that you want to share if it's okay, if you're comfortable with? What is those things that you have to fight through to get where you're at today? Because I'm pretty sure your story is going to inspire a lot of other women who are going to get a chance to listen to the Just Us Speak podcast. So some of my story does include, you know, I've been through a, a lot of a lot of trauma. And what I what I do know is that it can be really heavy to discuss sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes very difficult. I share I share a lot of my story about my incarceration and and things that I went through in my childhood to help, you know, others especially women know that no matter what you can get through it. Some of my my past includes a lot of bad choices, a lot of bad mistakes that I've made. Obviously it landed me into incarceration and what I decided to do even despite my past is I decided while I was in I would I I had a choice. I'm sorry y'all this is a it's a it's a deep question right now. No problem. Like I said, we can move to something else. I just wanted because the, the purpose of this question is again to just us podcast is to speak about leadership. But I think it's important that as leaders to share just a little bit about how we got here. I just wanted to just give you space to unpack that, and I didn't want to gloss over that. Just Leadership USA amplifies the power of directly impacted people by investing, educating, empowering, and elevating their voices so they have the tools and resources to self-organize and advocate for themselves, their families, and their communities. Together, we build an equitable, fair, and just U.S. To date, over 1,400 leaders in 45 states and in Washington, D.C., are hard at work transforming people and communities who are harmed by mass incarceration. Please partner with us to bend the arc of criminal legal reform by donating to our leadership programs today. Our network of leaders is strong and growing. Together, we're building local power for national impact. Every donation supporting JLUSA and our leaders has a ripple effect across families, communities, and generations. With your support, we can continue working together towards our singular vision of a just, equitable future for all. To learn more, go to jlusa.org backslash give 2023. That's jlusa.org backslash give2023. We can move into the next question, and that would be, what is one book that really inspired you during your incarceration to embark upon this role as a leader today? What is that one book, and why was it that one book that inspired you? That one book? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you all heard of Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Yes, I have. That was <laughs> that one book. <laughs> Honestly, that was that one book that... Mm. Prior to incarceration, everyone's like, you need to read it. I'm like, you know, I'm the, I wasn't big into, I liked reading, but not really. I like watching movies more so. However, when I was in, of course, nothing but time. So I must have read that book about 
four times and was a part of three of those that had turned into Bible studies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that book, Purpose Driven Life, helped guide me um, step by step why it's important, why my life is important, why the experiences that I had, you know, basically helped mold me into who I am today. So mm-hmm. although they may have been, you know, not, you know, not so great experiences in life and, and somewhat traumatic and painful, that helped is with the incarceration, especially that helped create in me someone stronger, someone who wanted to, you know, help others while I was in, while reading that book and learning more about what my purpose is, it helped me to become even a leader while I was incarcerated because I was conducting groups and, and facilitating different, you know, Bible studies and things of that nature. So that helped me grow and come out of this box that I lived in because I've always been known to be a quiet and shy person and reading that book really helped. Honestly, I feel like it was a part of what has what changed my life and helped me see that, you know what, despite what I've been through, I have a purpose and it's definitely to help others. Hmm. So would you, would you say that that's your model, for example, helping others, that's your model in life? That's my motto in life. Yes. My motto in life is helping others and uh, get, don't judge a book by its cover. Cause you never know what their story is. Hmm. Akeem, what was that favorite book for you? Like, I know I'm familiar with the the Purpose Driven by Warren. That was a very powerful book, but mine would be, I think me and you share the same book, right? Uh, Malcolm X, Alex Haley. What was that? We would say that was both of our books that inspired us. <laughs> it really was. I mean, and of course, you know, just like for you, I'm sure there was multiple books that really impressed upon you, but there's always one that kind of stands out. Now, for me, it was an autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, and that led to many other things like Dr. Naeem Akbar, the community mm-hmm. of self, business yeah. for black men, et cetera. But so, I mean, you know, Lana, you know, I know I just asked that question about your motto in life because, you know, we're really talking about leadership and whatnot, but I want to combine two other questions for you, right? You just graduated leading with conviction, phenomenal leadership program, um, of Just Leadership USA, um, could could you kind of tell us, define what is leadership for you? And simultaneously, what was your favorite part uh, of the program of Leading with Conviction? Leadership for me is working with others as a team to help everyone grow. Mm-hmm. Leadership to me doesn't mean just take control of a situation and do it yourself. Leadership is a team effort. You know, each of us have, you know, a gift. Each of us have a purpose. And I know in leadership, we each have um, a role to play. And some of us are more creative. Some of us are more organized. You know, we have better organizational skills or things of that nature. And in leadership, I feel that we have to come together. And again, what's that model, the uh, value problem solution action, VPSA model? We have to, it's important to utilize that because we have to come together, find out what is it that, what's the issue, right? And what's the value in it? And this is what it might take away from it. The problem is, you know, what threatens that value, right? And then the solution 
it restores that value. I'm remembering this. Do I get do I get an A plus for this? And then uh, <laughs> the action is what can we do? Mm. You know, we got the solution. So what can we do to come, you know, come together? So leaders in leadership, that's what we do. We come together and, and we try to come up with this solution to to we we want to be problem solvers, but we also want to take action and, and, and come up with that solution so we can get it done. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, that's important. And what I my biggest takeaway from LWC, you know, cohort 2022, woo, woo, <laughs> shameless plug, um, um, was that we were a community. So I went I, I kind of went through a lot behind the scenes in a sense where some of my cohort um members, and I'm going to throw her name out here, Keita Haynes. I remember mm-hmm. after my fourth, the it was the last form, and all I did was talk myself down before I even spoke. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I was, I was very emotional. And she called me, she was like, I, I need you to talk, I need to talk to you. And we had a whole conversation. This was during our lunch break, I believe it was during lunch break. And or it may have been after, but she encouraged me so much. And I I worked with I still work with some of the, you know, the leaders that I graduated with in that community, that sense of family. That was amazing. And I love that because we get, you know, we're spending five, six hours a day. On, a, on these weekends together, even though it's on a, 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 it was on a Zoom call, but it was still, you know, we had similar stories. So we could relate to each other. We all had these lived experiences where sometimes outside society, they don't understand what that feels like and, and what we go through and what adversity we face. But together, we were strong and we supported each other. So that community, that that family, that you know, everyone uplifting each other and working together meant a lot to me. And I threw Kita out, Kita out there because, you know, I admire her as a speaker, and mm-hmm. she shared some things with me that really, really helped me. And mm-hmm. with leading with conviction, overall, helped change my perspective, helped me grow, helped me see myself more so as a leader and not as a failure and, mm. and help me to even know more and understand more what my purpose in life is and why I do what I do, because I want others to feel the same way. I want others to experience the same thing so that they know that their life, they're here for a reason and their life is important. We just, we just say shout out to Keita Hayes, because I think we're going to be interviewing her. She's the, the next person for the Just Us Speak podcast. So shout out to her. Um, obviously, it sounds like, you know, going through the leading conviction was not, not only just about you learning new uh, leadership principles, but it sounds like you was able to able to add more to this family. This this what it's all about. When I look at the formerly incarcerated community, leading with conviction, emerging leaders, it's almost like we become a family. Right. It's like you become a family now and then we all have a similar story. We support each other. We stand on each other's shoulders. We encourage each other because one of the. One of the five practices of the leadership that you remember is encouraging of the heart. And sound like what Keita did for you 
during that phone call where she stepped into one of her roles as a leader and that's encouraged the heart of someone else. So that's always a beautiful thing that comes from our leading with conviction is that we see these five practices. We see those members who are going through it, the alums they're going through and they actually displaying and demonstrating that. So shout out to Keita and how can you remind me to we shout out Keita and let her know that Lana says that she really encouraged um appreciate that. <laughs> We are so excited to invite you to the Just Leadership USA 9th Annual Benefit Gala, Monday, June 5th, 2023, at PhD Rooftop Lounge at Dream Downtown in New York City. We are excited to bring JLUSA leaders, allies, and advocates together in person to unite around our shared values and propel our vision for the future. During the last year, we've made significant strides in building our capacity and infrastructure to become the only national systems change movement and policy table led by and for directly impacted people. This coming June, please join us for our first in-person celebration in over two years. Learn more at jlusa.org backslash gala. That's jlusa.org backslash G-A-L-A. Before we wrap this um, podcast, got a couple more questions to ask you. And one of them is, uh, I asked you about the book, right? And you mentioned um, Purpose Driven Life was one of those books that inspire you. My question now is just like, who was that leader? Who, who is that leader? Who was that leader that inspired you in your most darkest days of incarceration to take on this role to say, you know what, one day when I walk out of this prison, I'm going to take on this mantle of becoming a leader to change the social narrative and to also be an inspiration for the women and the men who have went through what I've went through. Who's that leader for you? That Past, leader. present, future, whoever, who is it? <laughs> um, that leader for me was actually my chaplain mm. at the time. Nice. Her name is Jill. Jill. She calls herself Jill suddenly because she believes in suddenly miracles. Um, and the reason why I say her is because despite all the no's, all the naysayers, she she's a chaplain and now she runs um she in the in the area. She has uh, what do you call local women's homes, faith-based living homes that, and she's growing. And the reason why she was really a role model to me, I remember before she became chaplain, I remember her coming to Ohio Reformatory for Women and speaking because she also, she's a, she speaks, she preaches and things of that nature. And she's a minister and she came and spoke and she shared her story. And I was sitting in my little uniform and I remember her, she had a tattoo of suddenly on her foot and she's like my height. She's six feet tall, long blonde hair. She was like, I'm like, this woman's been to prison. You know, she just didn't look, she looked like a model to me. And I saw her, she came in, she started preaching and she started sharing. I sat where you sat. She, and then she had, um, she gave birth to her, her one of her children while she was incarcerated mm. and to hear her story and see where she's at now, like at that time, yeah, I yeah. remember sitting in that front row saying, you know what, this is what I want to do. Wow. I want to come and share my story because I was crying. I remember getting so emotional 
and thanking God for the opportunity to for people like her coming in to help share their life with us and taking the time to mm. to speak to us and 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 share some you know give some great messages and things of that nature. She kept coming back. And then I ended up being transferred to the prison where she was chaplain. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's like me, it was like a superstar because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, well, I couldn't call it you. And, you know, I, I called a chaplain you know, <laughs> out of respect, but it was just, she doesn't know how much I feel God used her to motivate me and encourage me all the time. And I mm-hmm. still, you know, I still appreciate her but i remember she was that first person that first face that i felt like comfortable i felt you know i could relate and Mm. she was on that side and i'm like, I'm gonna go back and that's what i'm gonna do i want to encourage others and give them hope because i was so hopeful after that day and every time i saw her coming i made sure i was in the front row (laughs) you know lana that 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 reminds me of being in prison too and that's that's what inspired me to one of the first prison chaplains um encouraged me to read this book by james allen his name is chaplain scotland you know it's amazing how these prison chaplains became your first example of what it looks like you know what i'm saying and and inspire you to do better. And he gave me my first book by James Allen called As a Man Think of, and that changed my perspective outside of the autobiography of Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? So you need, if you haven't reached out to that chaplain, I, I encourage you at the end of this podcast to like go on social media, find that per find her and let her know that she's been truly an inspiration to you in the past, during your dark days, and even in this present moment. Cause I just seen you light up when you start talking about her. And that's that's the beauty of what a leader does. And that's going back again to the five principles or practices of, uh, that you went through with leading conviction is we talk about encouraging of the heart. And she encouraged your heart to this very day. I can see it from your smile and how you just glowed from talking about that. Would you agree? Absolutely. I still do. I do still talk to her every once that's in a while. Sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Facebook, all of that. So yeah, she's doing some amazing things out there. So, and I, like I said, her story, the fact that she, you know, sat where I sat. She was on the other side. She was incarcerated. But despite all of that and the adversity that she faced, she continues to do what she does and does great at it. Nice. Um, nice. Um, that's wonderful. Lana, with the, you know, with, with all that you just shared, you know, and thank you for sharing that. We wanted to want to, you know, kind of wrap this up with, with these two powerful questions and important questions for leaders and leadership, right? And after you having gone through what you just went through and then got hired by an organization to continue further in your leadership skills, tell us, what are your hopes for the upcoming year, as well as your vision for the future? What are your hopes for this upcoming year, as well as your vision for the future? My hopes for the upcoming year and vision for the future. So what my hopes are, especially being, you know, in this position and working with you all would be, we want to aim to overcome the absence of consistent leadership in the criminal legal system, right? And that's by connecting the formerly incarcerated to and, nece- and train them under structured leadership. So I know next year is going to be the bomb because we're going to be in person a lot more and I, although I think, you know, Zoom calls are great, but this, we're going to have interaction with 
um, and these leaders personally. And I think that is going to really, really help with change. Right. And I and I'm super excited for for the upcoming year, because I know that us as a team, we're going to help these leaders grow. And with the, the, the things that we have in place, I'm just excited to see people just kind of blossom in what they do. We're going to have more voices that are, are going to be heard and we're going to take over. They're directly impacted. We have a story. We have many voices and there's so much that we have that we've been, you know, forced to keep inside. But now it's about to come out and we're going to go out here and make some changes. What's up? That's what's up. Listen, we coming to the end and I really appreciate your, your candidness about everything that you went through and about your leadership, what your visions and your goals are. I really sincerely appreciate you. You know, so, Lana, what is, you know, the, the biggest thing that we find most leaders struggling with in this space is taking care of themselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually and physically. Right. And we see that even with myself as a formerly incarcerated person, even with the work that we do with leading convictions, we find that leaders are always struggling about their self-care. And just want to ask you that. How are you practicing self-care and all of the things that you got going on in your life today? How are you practicing self-care? And if you're not practicing, what are the things that you want to start implementing into your life to start taking care of yourself and not everyone else? So I'm learning about self-care. I know what it is. And what, I, um, what I'm doing now is I'm going to start taking my Sundays and it's going to be for me. Just relax and, and kind of shut, shut down, you know, in a sense where I'm going to turn my phone off no social media. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give that day to myself and take the time that I need and maybe even go to church. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We really appreciate the time you spent with us today talking about leadership and your journey. And uh, once again, you have inaugurated our Just Us Speaks podcast. So once again, thank you. I'm your co-host, Hakeem Crampton. And I'm your co-host, Lester Young. Lana, thank you again for sharing all of that which you shared with us and being candid. And we really appreciate you and continue to lead with conviction in everything that you do. Be blessed. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here.